It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 467 of Locked On Raptors for uh, Thursday, Thursday, February 21st. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode. And of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network with team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. We've got Locked On NBA Daily with a bunch of different great contributors, including Ben Golliver, Sam Amick, Trevor Booker, uh, a daily show over there with a bunch of different hosts chipping in. Uh, We've also got the Locked On NFL Network. If you're into off-season stuff and you want to hear all about what your team is doing ahead of the draft, Locked On NFL and the team-focused shows have you covered there. And if you find a show on the network that you want to support, subscribe to it, rate it, and review it on whichever podcast platform you use, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, any places you get your podcasts. It's very, very helpful and makes us feel very good when we see those nice reviews and those ratings and those high rankings. And uh, I appreciate it very, very much. All right. On today's show, uh, this is the first show of the week. I've been occupied doing Canada Game stuff here in Red Deer, Alberta, but I got some free time tonight, and it seems like a good time to do a podcast because there's a uh, important game happening tomorrow, at least I've been told, and joining me to talk about said important game and a whole litany of other things, it's Dan Grant. How's it going, buddy? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. We haven't had you on in so long because you decided to go have a kid and become less of an available podcast guest. It's uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm happy for you. Congratulations on the child. Thank you. Uh, how has having a child uh, changed the way you view basketball? I mean, in gen- I, I'm not just a less available podcast guest. I'm a less available human being uh, <laughs> for basically everything. Um, in terms of basketball, it's not been too bad. He goes to bed. He used to well, well yeah, at the beginning he was going to bed really late, Ooh. and he would actually go to bed after Raptors games. You so love those West Coast good. starts. Yeah, I could walk around and just hold him on my shoulder and kind of watch the games. Now he's going to bed right in the middle of them, but I just PVR it, you know. I haven't mm-hmm. missed too many games, but, you know, you got to pick and choose. I have 
been watching less and less non-Raptors basketball. Mm-hmm. I will say that I have to kind of you know choose my choose my time wisely. But that kind of happened anyway when I got married. So mm-hmm. uh, my wife enjoys basketball, but she's not going to let me watch it twenty four seven or anything, which is fine. I'm okay with that. Um, but, Fatherhood you know, or Grizzlies magic? What a what a, what a debate. <laughs> Sorry, son. I just got to uh, see what Aaron Gordon's doing tonight. Uh, <laughs> is he shooting well? I don't know. I got some money on the ponies. I don't know. Anyway, no. He's, uh, he's, good. he's already got a Siakam jersey. He's uh, three and a half months old. He's got his first jersey. So he's uh, he's a good little guy. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to be a big Raptors fan for years to come. So it hasn't changed too much. Any kid I have is going to watch a lot of sports. So uh, didn't matter if he was going to be a boy or a girl. And, uh <laughs> You know, that, that, that was going to happen. So it's been pretty uh, harrowing in terms of getting uh, proper sleep, but he's starting to sleep through the night, and uh, things are kind of normalizing a little bit. So I'll be back around. What is the process of choosing the jersey for the infant? Did you, like, line up a bunch of pictures and say, all right, child, point at the one you like the most? Was it an executive decision on your part? Did someone buy it for you? Uh, uh, I, I bought it. We okay. bought it together, my wife and I, when we were at a game. We got to go to a game uh, back at the end of January. It was one of our first nights out without the little guy. Um, so we got him one of those. Uh, I use the same uh, logic that I use in buying myself jerseys, which is, uh, how much do I like the player? Like, what is their approval rating first? Obviously, that's yeah. pretty easy. Second, how long are they going to be with the team? Like, are they going to be imminently traded? At the time when I bought it, this was like middle of January, I was like, there's no way they're trading Siakam. <laughs> all, all the, like, Anthony Davis stuff popped up and whatever, and I was like, no, this can't happen. <laughs> but then the third layer is, okay, even if they traded him or even if he left, would I still be cool having this jersey? And I think with Siakam, he's a guy that it's pretty easy to root for him. I can't see him ever being someone that I root against, even if he did wind up leaving Toronto. So um, most of the time where that leads me, those three things, is by buying a retired player's jersey or like <laughs> some kind of a low-risk throwback. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to get my, my kid this first one. And if Siakam, you know, his breakout season is the year he was born. So it's kind of a neat thing to have. I, have a, I had, like when I was a kid, I had a Blue Jays T-shirt that had George Bell. <laughs> um, from the '80s, my dad got me, and I still have, uh, I still have it. It's this tiny little shirt. So um, that was, yeah. I just wanted to choose kind of a cool one in that way for him, a little bit more unique than you know a Lowry or even a Kawhi. Like those are the big stars, but having one that's a little more, you know, a, a deeper cut, uh, it, it was was kind of part of it as well. Siakam's almost maybe a little bit too mainstream for the jersey. Uh, I know. It's, it's a, it's like yeah. it's happened very quickly. It's a very good jersey choice. Forty three, I find, is a pretty good number. Um, but yeah, that is a uh, a very soon to be popular jersey, I would assume. Especially if they go into like rebuild mode after this year, not going to be as hipster a pick. But um, that's a good pick. I uh, friend of the show, Steve Slatkowski, He was one of the very first people apparently to to get a Marcus Saul Raptors jersey. He was in New York at the NBA store the day after the trade. And he got himself a custom-made one before there were any made up and on sale. So that's a very good jersey. Nice. It's like my Jesus Shuttlesworth Raptors jersey that I own. (laughs) That was in the the dark years when I didn't want to buy any jerseys, any player's jersey specifically, but I wanted one of the new black jerseys. So Mm. I was like, well, if Jesus Shuttlesworth was in the NBA, he'd be a veteran now, and he could have wound up on the Raptors. So I purchased a Jesus Shuttlesworth Raptors, and I still have it. Yeah, the immortality of the jersey is very, very important. I have a, a a couple of Blue Jays jerseys from this most recent era. 
Uh, one is a Troy Tulowitzki, which as much as the last couple years were rough, he's always going to have like the playoff home run in like game three against Texas and like a big double, I think against Texas too, or the Royals, like he's always going to have those. So I think Tulo is, is kind of immortal. I also have a Jose Reyes, which I should probably burn. (laughs) That's a tough one. Yeah. Like I had a Donaldson jersey Uh and it would have been great, but it shrunk in the wash. So Uh that was bad. But then other than that, I haven't had a real Jays jersey. My last one I got in the ninth grade is a Carlos Delgado. And it's uh, a great jersey to have, but it's definitely from a really ugly era of Jays jerseys. So uh, I still wear it. It's like, obviously, I can't fit into what I wear in grade nine anymore, but it's, uh, I wear it open. <laughs> like, <back laughs> and uh, it's pretty sweet, but I, I'm going to have to probably pick up a new one of those, too, at some point. What are your thoughts on a Kawhi Leonard jersey if you're a Raptors fan this year? Like, is I, it uh, yeah. a too much of a risk to do it, or is it more of a he was here for one year, it was a little flash moment in time, and 20 years from now having a Kawhi Leonard jersey might seem kind of cool? I'd just buy a Vashon Leonard jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what you should do. No, I mean, it's, I, by my own criteria, would I buy one? No. But if they won the title, that'd be pretty neat. Yeah. Like, even, you know, if they win the title, even if he's like, all right, I won the title, see you later, guys, which I could honestly see happening because who knows what that guy's thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, probably not. That would obviously probably diminish the, the chances that he leaves, but... I don't know. I can see, like, kids, yeah, go for it. But if you're, I mean, first of all, jerseys are for kids anyway. Um, <laughs> or they should be. But if I was thinking about one, I probably wouldn't. But, again, that's just a coward in me. So Yeah. I imagine yeah. Jeremy Lin's going to be a popular item. Sure. I wonder if anyone's going to get, it, like, a Jonas Valanciunas just, like, change the letters around, get some blanked out, and just sort of get it, like, Photoshopped on the back. I have a great photo from the. Well, I went to see the Raptors play uh, the Bulls in Chicago like three years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, this kid sitting in front of me had put just uh, like uh, scotch, not scotch tape, uh, uh, the white tape, packing tape, masking Packing tape, tape. Macking, yeah, masking, 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 masking yes. Uh, I'm a teacher. Baby brain is real, man. Anyway, masking <laughs> tape uh, over the back of his Carlos Boozer jersey and just written Portis. <laughs> big black marker because they just drafted him and it was the same number and I took a photo of him and it was amazing oddly enough written in the same thing that Carlos Boozer's hair was drawn in exactly (laughs) (laughs) this is Jake from Locked On Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history after beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011 Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games four, five, and six in the NBA finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Uh, while we're on the topic of jerseys, the only jersey that I currently own, I have a Jose Calderon somewhere at my parents, but at my house, the only one I own outside of my Terrence Ross jersey is a DeMar DeRozan jersey, and that oh, is a, yeah. like, talk about immortal jerseys. That yes. is the one. Uh, DeMar DeRozan plays in Toronto on Friday. Uh, we should probably talk about that. You are going to the game, yes? 
I am, I yeah. You know, my dad every year, his company has some tickets and he gets one game a year. He can sometimes get more, but usually one for sure. And it takes me and my two brothers. And uh, in September, he was like, well, you guys got that game coming up. Let me know. And immediately I was like, this is the game. This is the game we need to go to. Mm-hmm. So put in your request early. And he did, and he got them. So cool. it's pretty sweet. The tickets are, like, really close. And we get to go into this little lounge thing and get some free beer and stuff. So it's going to be a, it's gonna be a great, great evening. Are you expecting to cry? Uh, <laughs> I'm not expecting to cry. I'm open to crying. I like yeah. being moved. I'm an emotional man. I'm a father now. Things hit closer. It's closer to the heart. <laughs> I don't think I'll cry, but I think it'll be really cool. I think he's going to get a really awesome reception, and uh, I think it'll be pretty neat. I don't know if we've ever been prepared for the kind of reception he's going to get because most stars, when they leave, typically it's under not so happy circumstances. Like Chris Bosh, I believe, got booed when he came back, even though maybe that wasn't totally fair. Yeah, uh, obviously Vince got booed for like a decade until the Barry the Hatchet game against Memphis, which I know you have opinions about. We will not cover that here. No, go we don't to, go just search Dan Grant locked on Raptors. I'm sure there's a Dan Grant Vince take in there somewhere. Um, so just go back and find those. But um, yeah, this one is going to be something else, I think. Like, I don't even. It's hard to really describe like what I think the ovation is going to look like, but I would imagine. It'll be pretty resounding when he's introduced as a starter, and then like first, t- it's it's weird because he's not coming off the bench or anything, right? So I guess it would have to wait till like the first break where they'll do like a, a tribute. I would suppose, like I guess that's gonna be what they do. Yeah, the first what they're probably TV timeout. So like, what is that like eight minutes or six minutes or whatever it is in the first quarter? Mm-hmm. They'll probably do a, a pretty nice video for it. You'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I mean. That's the, that's the cool thing. Like, yeah, obviously, him and Ujiri have their differences now, but he still has love for the fans, and it's going to be – I think it's just going to be amazing. I think it's going to be a really, really cool thing to be a part of. Yeah, I'm pretty psyched. So a little behind the curtain. I was supposed to be doing a broadcast for the Ringette gold medal game tomorrow here in Red Deer. Right. Um, but I got pulled off the broadcast because, oh. rightfully so, uh, Ringette Canada was like, we've had these girls doing the broadcast all week. Why is this dude coming to do the final? And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Fair. Also, now I get to be off and watch DeMar's game. So I'm pretty stoked, stoked about that. Um, and, yeah, I think it's going to be – I wonder if they'll have at halftime, the halftime entertainment will be Masai comes out, assumes the position of the Wright brothers playing, and then DeMar can dunk <laughs> over him. <laughs> And kick him in the head on the way by. Like, yeah, twice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that'd be ridiculous. That'd be. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I mean, Demar met so much of the team for so long. Obviously, you people have certain people have opinions about you know whatever playoff performance and all that stuff. But that's not what tomorrow's about. Tomorrow's about like him growing from a guy that like took ten shots outside the paint in his first year. Mm-hmm. To a perennial all-star, an all-NBA guy, a guy who like gave everything to the team, and uh, I think it's going to be—it's very rare that a player leaves kind of like that, where he didn't, re- he didn't, you know, request out, he didn't refuse to sign an extension, he didn't. There was no desire on his part to leave. He was still kind of at the height of his stardom and everything, and it just happened the way it happened. Like that kind of trade is very rare, and. For I just don't know, like you said, I don't think I know what to expect, but I think it's going to be thunderous, which is going to be pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, he basically held on to Adam Sandler's leg as the child services guy tried to take him <laughs> away. That's pretty much. I wipe my own ass. 
absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty, exactly what happened. That's pretty much how it went down. So yeah, it's it's going to be a different dynamic. Um, DeRozan had a little bit of a uh, press conference. I guess it kind of just finished up a few minutes ago here. Um, talked about how time heals everything. That doesn't mean it's going to go back to the same way it was. He's fine with that. He's moved on. Uh, he compared it to being in a relationship and telling someone that you love them and they don't love you back. Uh, so it's getting very uh, – it's pretty – like the, the metaphors that DeMar has been throwing out for this whole trade like, the entire time have been pretty um, – you know, gut punchy, but yeah, I do you think Demar is gonna cry? Do you I don't think care. he will cry like Vince? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. this is a pro crying podcast, by the way. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. We have Katie uh, Heindel like, on all the time. This is a pro crying podcast. <laughs> you know, sure, and that's the thing. Like, you know, um, yeah, I mean, maybe he will. It's probably a pretty emotional thing for him um, coming back. I, again, I think he probably doesn't expect to, but if he does, it'll happen. Uh, it'll just depend on how the how the fans are, but I think uh, whether or not he does, he's gonna feel the love. So uh, you know, if it happens, it happens. But I don't want. I don't. I can't really predict that. I've never. I've never seen him cry before. No. I've seen him get. I've seen him get mad. Yeah. Um, but He'll cry when he gets to dunk on Masai out of joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. The Raptor comes out with like a Masai mask, and he hits the like three stooges. Of, that would be outrageous. That would be very funny if they if they were you know self-aware enough to do something like that i don't think that's gonna happen but uh, <laughs> uh you know i think it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool um it's as i said it's really really unique for a star in any sport to leave that way mm-hmm. it's especially unique for a raptors to leave that way right? yeah or any way toronto star from stoudemire to Camby to carter to mcgrady to bosh like everybody the way they leave is just you know, it's been either a tire fire or like, you know, kind of get me out of here. And this is the, the, the antithesis of that. So weighing this against that is going to be uh, is going to be pretty neat. Last thing on DeMar before we move on to a couple more things and then we'll wrap up. Um, do you have so you're making the montage today of the DeMar thing that's going to run after, I guess, the first time out. Yeah, uh, you have you, you, you obviously there's a lot of footage you got to comb through. If there yeah. are three Demar moments that must be in there, I'm yeah. putting you on the spot. What sure. are the three? Uh, the dunk against Detroit, the coast to coast dunk. Yep. To win the game, absolutely, that's got to be on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh man. Um, I don't know, man. That's that. That one stands out for sure. That's that's a huge one. Um, something in from his 50 point game. Yep. Something from that game, maybe like a little mini montage kind of thing, and then showing him setting that, breaking that scoring record for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I want to think. Uh, can you can you throw out some choices for me? I can't think of a third one right now. I just need to kind of ruminate. Well, there's the dunk on Rudy Gobert. Although they lost oh, that yeah. game, okay. but that dunk ruled. Um, yep. There was the dunk also in Game Six against Milwaukee. Yeah, where yeah, yeah. he dunked on uh, Thon and Giannis kind of together. That's probably yeah. in there. Um, I would put in just like a screen cap of the "Don't worry, I got us" tweet. Oh yeah, that's like that. got to be the end. Oh, I just got chills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If, they, if they if they ended it that way, that would be pretty cool. 
Yeah, that, then I would bar. definitely cry in a bar. <laughs> I, that was, I'm going to cry right now. That was like, yeah, that would be really neat. The dunk, the Milwaukee dunk, I think for sure is the one. Mm. That Detroit dunk, though, that coast to coast dunk, that was like the most like cathartic thing when it happened because it was just like, oh my God, like who is this guy? He has reached a new level. And it was, uh, that was pretty neat. I mean, it's DeMar, so there's got to be some kind of a mid-range jumper in there somewhere. But, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not as fun. Just but, any uh, old mid-ranger. Um, yeah. It should just be all mid-rangers. Just, just show 40 <laughs> mid-range jump shots in And, like, <laughs> January regular season games. Yeah, um, absolutely. They should uh, do, uh, like, yeah. a back-to-back of the dunk on Tolliver in that Detroit game. And then, to show the growth, the next play should be the pass he made to Fred to set up the three in overtime to win. Oh yeah, yeah. that would be, that'd be sweet. Yeah, because his passing was something that came along so far. I remember very vividly in about his third season, Zach Lowe writing for Grantland at the time mm-hmm. wrote about Demar Derozan and talking about his growth as a player. And he's like, how he made incremental growth and it was pretty good. He goes, the biggest flaw is that he seems unclear if he has teammates on the floor with him. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that line always burned in my brain. I was like, I think he knows. He seems like a good guy. And then like. <laughs> The fact that he's become a guy averaging like six assists a game this year is pretty wild. Yeah. Oh, I would also put the three he hit over Derrick Rose's dumb face uh, in New York <laughs> after Kyle Lowry went down. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That one was very good. It might have been a long two. There's the mid-range two right there. <laughs> uh, so there's that one. Pretty much anything from that run where Kyle was down in 16, 17. Uh, down the stretch when they went like 14 and 7 and DeMar averaged all those points. That Bulls game where they broke the curse. Oh, yeah. I remember writing a piece that was like the top 10 things DeMar did in the fourth quarter in overtime in that game because he owned that shit. Um, so, yeah, there's lots to choose from for sure. Well, for sure, definitely. Well, that's the thing is like he had a lot of really cool moments as a Raptor. Yeah. But like there's just like a bunch, right? So, um, I don't know. Um, it's it's there are a lot, There's a lot that are like kind of similar, right? There's yeah. not a lot that are single moments it's like achievements so you know becoming the guy making second team all nba i think he's the first raptor ever to do that Mm -hmm. and like there's how do you show that in one thing you can't his whole thing was he was just kind of like oh would overwhelm you with consistency yeah um so you know that would be uh that'd be pretty cool but uh yeah like you said there's a ton in there i'm sure they can get everything we said in there so give him a five minute tribute i don't care yeah it should be as long as possible Yeah, oh, and stuff with, you know what, they gotta have stuff with him and Lowry. Just oh, like, yeah, just the hugging, the post-game, whatever. yeah, the post-game shenanigans always. Yeah, for sure. The the thing where DeMar couldn't do math and Kyle made fun of him for it in London. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Also, they should have the attempted 360 on the dude in the Olympics, but not yeah. the 360 he missed against the Knicks. No, no, just, just the one that he attempted and scared yeah. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to a couple more things. But first, I want to remind people to check out the Lockdown Podcast Network on your smart speakers. Or if you have voice activation in your car, you can listen to the entire Lockdown Podcast Network without ever having to press a button. And for example, today, if you want to listen to, say, Lockdown Spurs, Jeff Garcia, the host over there, had Brent Barry on the podcast today. So you can say, hey, uh, Alexa, play podcast, Lockdown Spurs. And guess what? Alex is going to play Locked on Spurs, the latest episode for you, and you get to hear Jeff talk with Brent Barry, who rules. Um, it'll also work in your car as well. If you have voice activations, is just say, hey, car, 
hey, Nissan, Versa, whatever it is you drive, play podcast Locked On Spurs, and you will get that, or any other Locked On podcast on the network. So make sure you are using voice activation to play the Locked On Podcast Network. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, a couple more things, Dan. I haven't gotten to talk to you really since the deals went down a couple weeks ago to bring in Jeremy Lin and bring in Marcus Gasol. And as much as tomorrow's game is important for emotional, heartstringy reasons, uh, it's also kind of important because the Raptors begin the stretch run and kind of need to get all this together in a very short amount of time, just 23 games before the end of the season. Uh, what do you, like, did you like the moves, first of all? And, like, are you, like, what are you hoping to see uh, as we get into the stretch drive here from this team that now seems to finally be totally healthy except for Fred now? Yeah, I, I love the moves. I thought it was really cool. I really miss uh, Jonas. I think that's a sad thing. It's, yeah. kind of a, it's like DeMar Light, you know? Like, he's a guy who wanted to be here, wanted to win, did everything they ever asked of him in terms of losing weight, gaining weight, working on his defense, whatever. Maybe he did it a little slower than people expected sometimes towards the beginning of his career, but, like... That's a guy that you hate to trade, but you got to trade something good to get something good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marcus Saul, I think bringing him in is like a no-brainer. I think a lot of people I've seen on Twitter, some people you know worried that we'll miss JV's rebounding, worried that we'll miss his scoring. Marcus Saul can score. Like yeah. if he's not the centerpiece of your team the way he was, you know, with the Grizzlies running their whole offense through him, and he doesn't need to be that for Toronto. Um, I think he's going to be able. You saw it in his second game. Like he can score down low. He's got a great touch. So uh, if they use him in that role and say, "Hey, big, you know, big man, go down and get some buckets," like he's human, he's such a load mm-hmm. down there. So for matchups against like uh, you know jo- like Joel Embiid or uh, any of the kind of big guys that are around in the Eastern Conference, I think it was really smart to get him. The fact that like the team in two games since getting him, the way that the guys are cutting like Ananobi and you know Siakam, like they're guys that you know would be good cutters, but mm-hmm. the Raptors have not really had a passing big like him. I mean, ever. He's one of the best passing bigs ever. Um, is really, really neat to kind of get that new look. Um, hopefully he can maintain his health. Uh, I think they'll try starting him. Um, I don't think people are worried about Ibaka, you know, his ego. But, I mean, it's Marcus Gasol. Like, you, you, you're going to do what you can. Ibaka already proved this year he was willing to, you know, switch and move places and switch back and forth with Jonas anyway. I don't think that's going to be an issue. Yeah. Uh, and especially if they're both playing, you know, 26, not 26, 24-ish minutes a game and you adjust based on matchup, they might even play some time together. Um, I think that's fine. That was a great addition. Um, Lynn, I think, was awesome too, especially with Van Vliet going down. I think yeah. they were going to get him anyway. But, uh, I mean, you saw in his first game, he's uh, a willing passer and just a team guy. Do I want to play him 25 minutes a night? Ideally not. Mm-hmm. But uh, he can provide that spark off the bench and kind of, you know, fix that depth that you gave up to get Gasol. So I thought yeah, both editions were, were awesome. Yeah, I am curious to see if we're going to see the starting lineup change tomorrow. Uh, yeah. I guess, who does the Spurs start at center? <laughs> like, uh, do you have, they have Powell. Yeah, they have Powell, they, they got Yak. Started. They kind of, Yak has they kind of fallen out of favor there a little bit. Like they have, 
don't know. Uh, they have a few big dudes, do they not? I'm trying yeah. to think. I'll look, I'll look it up right now. Yeah, uh, I feel like I should know this, but, you know. Yeah, it's short <laughs> head for sure. Uh-huh. They started Aldridge at center in their last game, and Bertans yeah, yeah, and Gay 3-4, so. Yeah, I think you could hang with Aldridge against Gasol, Mark Gasoldridge. Um, yeah, they're not starting start Yak, so. No, yeah. I, I, think, think, I don't think Pau is starting, although it would be fun if we saw, you know, brother versus brother. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, but that's probably Aldridge is probably the guy, so. Yeah, I think... Uh, I want to see Gasol start at center. I think the point you made about him being sort of an upgrade on Jonas in the in regard that he's like more equipped for all the matchups that are going to matter, I think uh-huh. is very important. Like he's going to be good against Embiid. He's going to be good. I think he can hang against Horford. I don't know why he wouldn't. They're kind of the same player at this point. Um, and then he's a little a little slow. Yeah, but uh, the way he talks on defense makes everyone else better. Exactly. Yeah, he doesn't have to move. He's just kind of the conductor back there. Absolutely, and especially with all the athleticism Toronto has on the perimeter, mm-hmm. like I know his defensive numbers have slipped a little bit, but Memphis sucked. Well, and Memphis people, was so bad. Uh, people have put that on Gasol, but like for years he was, as you said, the conductor kind of of the defense. You know, with Tony Allen mm-hmm. and with guys that can like and Conley, who's a solid perimeter defender, and like all these other guys around him who could help. Zebo who's getting rebounds and you know throwing bows. Like that that was a you know where he was shining. Um, and him in Toronto with Kawhi and OG and like all these guys on the perimeter, Lowry, like who are gonna you know give him that extra step that he needs, and especially if he's playing you know ten minutes less a game and he can kind of keep his legs fresh, I think he's gonna be just fine back there. I think you're gonna see him. He won't go back to like defensive player of the year or so, but I think you're gonna see a nice bump from him in terms of his defensive production. Yeah, I think I'm with you there, and you know I'm not like gonna be mad if he continues to come off the bench because I think there are. Value, there's value in that too, considering, I mean, think about the first game he played against the Knicks, the open looks that Fred and especially Norm were just like having oh, yeah. fallen into, into their laps because of the gravity and the screening ability of Gasol. Like, there, you yep. could do worse there too. I do think that Lynn playing, if they were to switch it up and have a Baca be the backup center and play with the bench more often, like, I think Lynn could be sort of a nice pick-and-roll partner, pick-and-pop partner for, yeah. for Ibaka to kind of replicate a little bit what Lowry does. Obviously, Fred was not quite that because he's a little bit too dribble-happy, but I think Lynn may be a little bit quicker with the decision-making. That uh, I'd like to see that. I'd like to at least see it, right? And that's kind of my only hope for the next little bit here before maybe the last 10 or so games is just to like see everything that in theory could work and at least see if it does end up working on paper, right? Like, or, or does work the way it looks like it should on paper because there's not a lot of time here, and Nurse has been happy to experiment, but I do yeah. think he's kind of hung up on things that don't work, don't work like, way too long, and yeah. I think it's kind of high time to stop doing that and just kind of tr- test some stuff out that you look at it on paper and say, hey, like, yeah, this should make sense. I think it'd be nice to see him actually kind of uh, stick with that stuff instead of going with stuff that we've seen a lot of. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll I, I like the experimenting, like you said, I think that a lot of what he does in terms of, like you said, using those lineups that we know maybe are not optimal are just like getting through the season. Yeah, that's fair. And I think he likes to look at things and he's probably looking at data and lineups that, you know, maybe he only plays it for a few minutes together and then he's going to try it out later. Maybe he's keeping some stuff under his hat. We don't know. Like it's his first season. Maybe he's someone who does that. Um, He did talk earlier in the season. I heard him talk a few times about, oh, hey, we tried a press tonight. We tried this tonight. We tried that tonight. And, you know, after the All-Star break, there's not a lot of practice time. Mm-hmm. So I expect him to try a bunch of stuff. Uh, this was something I saw on Twitter. I can't remember if you were involved in the conversation a few, a few uh, maybe it was about a week ago, 10 days ago. 
the Raptors have played 59 games. Yeah. Uh, their most used lineup has played how many games together, do you think? It's like 26 or something, isn't it? It's 28 now, yeah. But yeah. 28 out of 59 games. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to getting some continuity uh, down the stretch, letting these guys actually play together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to be huge because especially – like, I love Kawhi. He's a dynamic, awesome player. He's a wonderful offensive player, but you're still seeing a lot of that. I mean, it's been better than it was when, at the beginning of the year. Still, there's um, he's not necessarily integrated into the offense. It's a mm-hmm. lot of, okay, we're going to do a possession where we run our offense, and there's going to be a possession where we clear out for Kawhi. And on the one where they run the offense, he might be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind them clearing out for him sometimes, but you want to kind of get them that to more familiarity where they can kind of be a little more comfortable and maybe those total like ball-stopping clearouts are happening less and less. Yeah, that is, uh, like, it's going to be paramount to, like, kind of integrate him, right? And I think the last two games have been his two highest assist games of the season yeah. so far. So maybe, like, I, honestly, I think c- kind of, and I've made this point already on the podcast, but I will again. Like, I think... The problem all season long has been there's not any interconnectivity between that starting five in particular, and like it usually runs pretty smoothly when it's Kyle running the show and Kawhi's not there, um, and even when Kawhi's running the show, like they've been fine, and it's kind of more like it's more of a necessity for him to kind of do everything because there's just less in terms of creation on the floor. But um, like because of all those sort of different tracks the offense has been running on, it kind of makes sense to me that Gasol would be the type of guy to stick in there to kind of tie it all together dude who's very good at passing, a dude who sets great screens, a dude who doesn't have to be crazy high usage, um, a guy who can help box out for guys. And, you know, he doesn't necessarily grab the rebounds, but if if he's boxing out and Siakam or Lowry or Kawhi is grabbing the board, they can can kind of get into their, you know, sort of transition quick fire offense that's been so effective, like, for most of the season so far. So I think there is a lot to kind of improve upon there. I I just, I I kind of believe in it, though, if Gasol is going to be out there. Um, Like, I just, I think he's got that sort of connective tissue that they haven't had so far this year in that lineup, so... Yeah. Uh, we will see. Any uh, parting shots before we wrap this thing up, Dan? No, I was just going to say 23 games left. I just want to see them kick some ass. Yeah, I want to see them get to 60. That'd be cool. Yeah, they got a pretty easy schedule. The easiest on. schedule, actually. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, and, you know, they played a lot more games than other people. They played a ton of their road games already. They only have 11 left. Mm-hmm. Um, 12 home games, so it's about a 50-50 split. They, but they've played a few home games before the break there. I had been more of a disparity before, but... It's just nice that they can finish that way, and you know I'm sure they'll get some rest for some of the bets in some of the games where they can. But um, yeah, as you said, getting to 60 would be cool. I think it's very doable. They have 43 wins already, mm-hmm. uh, um, so I don't know, man. I, I I feel really good about it. But as you said, we kind of need to see it just because. I remember before the season started, everyone was going on and on about how the Raptors were 11 deep. Well, they've needed all 11 guys <laughs> and, and, and more, right? Yeah. So you got to kind of put your best foot forward here because, you know, if you lose more games, if you lose uh, to like more games to injury, excuse me, um, if you start to lose any of those key cogs and you're not really rolling on all cylinders, it's going to kind of suck because there's such high expectations. There's so much riding on this year. That would be kind of a, a kind of a shit way to end it. So mm-hmm. you want to hope that uh, they put their best foot forward and take their best swing. If they don't, you know, get to the finals, then at least they did everything they could. Uh, there's another reason why I like the Gasol trade. It's like, let's go for it right now. Let's do it right now. Yeah. And then we can kind of pivot if we need to. Um, but you want to see them kind of kind of do it now. So no more talking about it. Let's just do it. 
Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, there was there was news this week that I forgot to get to. Um, yeah. It shows how meaningful this news is. Jody Meeks signed right. a 10-day with the Raptors. Uh, do you care? <laughs> yeah, he's like CJ, new CJ. They basically just replaced everybody. Like they, He's just a cheap CJ. He's a 10-day contract. He Steroid CJ, baby. Yeah, okay, so, was it steroids? Is that what it was? I know yeah. it was substance abuse program. Oh, I, I thought it was, know. oh, it might have been substance abuse. I didn't, maybe, I don't know. Anti-drug program. Some sort of know. drug-related thing. So maybe it's not substance abuse. I don't know. Sorry, I should talk out of school. I'm just, it says, yeah, he had a league-mandated mandated suspension for violating the anti-drug program, mm-hmm. and he was waived by the Bucks. Yeah. So, before the season started. So this is his first uh, NBA action that I know of this season anyway. I mean, yeah, he's, he can shoot threes. Uh, I don't think he's going to play at all, but, you know, if they need a guy out there to do that or burn some minutes, it's fine. Um, you know, warm body. I'd rather have him than a guy like CJ who you kind of might feel obligated to play a bit more because he's a yeah. bet and he's making a bit more money. So, um, but no, yeah, he's fine. It's interesting to add guys like that. Yeah, so. uh, he'll be a nice guy to have on the wing to sort of be an outlet in the Chris Boucher, Jordan Lloyd, garbage <laughs> time, pick and roll. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what did, did Meeks do anything in the playoffs last year against the Raps? Uh, uh, I don't think He did so. not play against the Raptors last year. I think they, he got suspended before the playoffs. That's right. I, no, right. I recall. Okay. So there you go. No, he's, you know, he had a nice little season for the Lakers about three years ago. I remember he's on the Pistons. He can, he can shoot it. Like, he gets hot. Yeah, but he doesn't do much else. Yeah, I'm nonplussed. It, it honestly feels, and Blake Murphy's made this point, uh, among others, that you know this is a 10 day deal to kind of maintain some flexibility. It'll be over just before March 1st, so maybe a couple other guys get bought out before then. Maybe there's some, yep. so it doesn't lock them in or anything to a roster by signing someone to a full season deal. So I, oh. if I had to like put money on it, I would say Meeks does not finish the season with the team. But I probably agree. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, apologies for the prolonged uh, lack of episode, but there was not much going on this week anyway, so I don't feel too, too bad about it. Uh, just a programming note, I am still in Alberta for another week, so I'll try to get some podcasts in next week, but uh, there will be a podcast tomorrow from the arena with Vivek Jacob. He's going to stand in and do an episode from the arena with somebody, so stay tuned for that. After the DeMar game, we'll get that posted for you right away, and uh, that's going to do it. Dan, anything that you would like to plug right now, uh, aside from uh, being a father? <laughs> yeah, being a father is good. Uh, I've been working on some stuff, uh, which will be news to Raptors at HQ editor Dan Reynolds. I'm sure he might be happy if he hears this. Uh, I haven't been writing a lot, so I've been working on a few things, so you might look out for it there. We like to do some game previews and recaps and stuff, but I'm also going to try to work on some longer stuff. Uh, I would also like to plug the Toronto Raptors trivia tournament, which you know just started last week, so it uh, <laughs> should be coming to a conclusion sometime soon. No, I'm just kidding, Sean. We started it. I don't know when. It was like uh, a year ago. I've been posting okay. a podcast, and like when I put the date O two uh, without twenty eight with twenty eighteen auto filling, it's a lot of uh, trivia tournament stuff. We'll get to right. it at some point. I picked a bad time for it because yeah, the playoffs I mean, started at the semifinals, and yes. then I just like totally lost track. And, and that's people where we went are, away. And like Lewenberg's still alive in the tournament. I think he went away for like a month, so it was difficult to schedule right. him. And then you decided to have a kid. Uh, yeah. Probably after the season ends, we will get yeah. to the yeah. trivia I had tournament to get after a five month break. Yeah, <laughs> I still have. It's like been like eight months at this point. I still have the Google Doc somewhere with all of the brackets, so we will get to it. It's just a I'm fun little sure I have thing to that. Play 
next. So I, I'm just going to be probably smoked. But <laughs> I still uh, I still want to get through. I remember my last thing I did was defeat Justin Rowan, which was just glorious. Oh, we all very much appreciated that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right. That's going to do for today's show. Dan, thank you, sir. At G on Twitter. You can follow me at Woodley Sean. Uh, if you want, if it's your thing, you can go watch my uh, stuff that I've done at the Canada Games. I did some skiing today. I tweeted the link. I thought it was a good broadcast. If you want to watch some big air, uh, it's just dudes doing cool jumps and flips. Uh, I would recommend it. It's cool. Um, other than that, podcast will be out uh tomorrow after the demar game as well and then uh we'll try to get some in next week whether it's myself or vivek filling in and uh for patreon subscribers i i'm sorry i've forgotten about you a little bit with everything going on um but dan and i are going to do at some point very soon a patreon episode about the five worst trades in toronto raptors history so stay tuned for that that'll get nice and sad um, the opposite kind of tears as will be shed for DeMar DeRozan tomorrow night in Toronto. Uh, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.